0: I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And more. Most items at JustMoviePosters.com are priced between
1: $7 to $15, plus shipping. Go to www. JustMoviePosters.com to find the movie poster of your dreams today. That's www.JustMoviePosters.com A bare wall doesn't qualify as art but a movie poster does. This is the King of the Mountain just yet and you're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar
2: on JiggyJaguar.com
0: Yes indeed it is the world famous Shiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. We are coast-to-coast and border-to-border on Talk America Live each and every Saturday. Each and every week, we are live at twitch.tv with a live video stream on our website, dot rcom Daily, Monday through Friday, 2 Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. And I don't give two fucks. Hey, good afternoon. It's James Lowe giving you a call for your radio interview. How are you?
3: Hi. How are you? Good.
0: Pretty good actually. Give me a couple seconds here. I've got to grab our other co-hosts. It's going to it's going to take me a couple seconds here. Okay, sure. Okay, we have got a great guest joining us today here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border on Tune In, iTunes, uh iHeartRadio as well. And we are gonna grab Dan Perkins and IQ Al Rizzoli here and bring them in here into the conversation. Welcome to it. It is your uh Next edition of the World Famous Chicky Checkwire Wire Radio Broadcast. And uh, we have got a great guest joining us here on Skype Audio to discuss uh, her run for the Republican nomination for Colorado's 3rd U.S. Congressional <laughs> District. Lauren Boebert is with us today. Now, Lauren, uh, talk to us a little bit about yourself as I get our co-hosts in here. Yes, are you there? Um, yes, I've got you, IQ. I'm, 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 I'm gonna get uh, Dan in here. I'm gonna have our guest tell us a little bit about yourself. Go ahead, guest. Lauren, tell us about yourself.
3: Uh, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the show today. So, uh, just a really quick recap of me. I grew up in a uh, rough part of Denver, and uh, we grew up with under Democrat policies. My mom was a true blue Democrat, and she believed those failed promises, uh, promise uh, policies, excuse me, that the government promised her. And because of that, we grew up very poor. And you know, I was sent into the grocery store with an ebt card and you know for me that really wasn't um the best way to live i felt like there was a uh, something else to strive for and we moved to the western slope and i started to see exactly what that was all about uh I, I got my first job at the local mcdonald's and i earned my first paycheck and there was such pride in that there was such personal responsibility taking place and i began to see immediately that i could do a better job taking care of myself than the government ever did taking care of us uh, when i was a child so fast forward a little bit i met my husband and he works in colorado's oil and gas industry he's been doing that for 17 years now he grew up also in a democrat household so we both had to develop conservative uh life a uh, lifestyle these conservative values and you know we made some mistakes along the way but uh praise the lord we're here now we have four boys and I am raising my boys to be men. Uh, and that is not going to come from entitlement or safe spaces or government dependency. It's going to come from hard work, faith, and value, and just uh, putting your hand to something really great. And so I'm really excited about that. You know, and when, when things get tough, we really do get tougher. And I think that that's an example we are setting for our four boys. Uh, for for instance, uh, we took a risk and opened a restaurant, you know. And once again, those uh, government entities were telling us, you can't do this. And we took a risk and opened it up anyway. And now nearly seven years later, we have Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado. Uh, y'all may have heard of us. We, <laughs> we are home of the open carry waitresses. And with that, there was just an advocacy, not only for the Second Amendment that was born, but an advocacy for freedom. I am just as passionate about the second amendment as I am the first and the 10th, it is all about uh, personal responsibility and securing the rights of the American people. And so now I am running for Congress and that is just an extension of what I've been doing. You may have heard, uh, you know, that I've, I've taken some steps to challenge some people who want to take the rights away from the American people. And so this congressional run here in Colorado's third district it's
0: just an extension of that. We have got a great guest with us today. Lauren Boebert is with us. She's running for the Republican nomination for Colorado's third U.S. Congressional District. She's a Colorado gun owner who garnered national attention when she challenged former 2020 candidate Bader O'Rourke on his controversial gun buyback plan and now uh, running for Congress. And uh, so, Dan, listening to Lauren here, I know you probably got some questions for her.
2: Yes. Uh, thank you for having me on, and Happy New Year to you, to our guest and to you, Jim. Yes. Um, I, I was listening to her her comments. Tell me a little bit about your campaign and who you're running against for the for the nomination. You're running in the Republican primary. Uh, are yes. Are you are you running against the incumbent or somebody else?
3: I am running against the incumbent. Uh, there will be a Republican primary. And I'm, you know, I'm very excited about that because in Colorado, especially, uh, we are starting to see just people wake up and we don't have any time for apathy. We don't have time to sit back and just let things be the way they've been. And I I believe that everyone is just looking for someone to stand up and be aggressive and actually assert the Constitution of the United States. You know, we're not going to break the Constitution by using the Constitution. And I think a lot of Americans, I know, a, a lot of Americans are tired of being on the defense of their rights. We elect officials to secure those rights. And here in our uh, third congressional district in Colorado, if if I believed that we were being represented well, I would not be in this race.
2: So do you believe that the candidate that you're running against, the incumbent, what is he not doing that he should be doing for you and your fellow constituents in Colorado?
3: Well, there's, there's there's a lot there um, honestly I think the congressman's voting record uh, can speak a lot for itself but really when, what I started to notice was last year we had a very vicious uh, legislative session that took place here in Colorado and we were uh, just grassroots efforts were popping up all over the place and we were trying to get our rights back secure our rights we had the national popular vote uh, that took place you know and this is not just a state issue. This determines the, uh, the election process for the president of the United States. And here in Colorado, our electoral college votes were taken away from that. And I began to uh, petition, uh, co- collect petition signatures, and I was the number two signature gatherer in the state. And there were many other petitions and recalls that were taking place. And I was roughly uh, face-to-face with about 30,000 people in our state hearing the issues and one common theme was uh, that we're just not being actively represented and i'm one of the the many many people who called um our elected officials and asked for help and the only response that we got was we're focused on 2020 elections so now i lauren bober you could go to lauren for uh, lauren for com and see this i am running uh and looking forward to 2020 elections.
2: So, um, what do you think what are your what are your grassroots telling you about the dissatisfaction in general with the existing congressman?
3: We are losing our state. We are losing Colorado and our nation is headed towards progressive socialism. That is what everyone is talking about and you know you can't wake up at and turn on the news without hearing this progressive socialist narrative running rampant through our country and if right. one person like AOC could stand up and set the tone for that narrative I believe that I'm the messenger that could rise up in response to her and redirect the con- conversation back to the Constitution and conservative values
2: terrific um, so Uh, What kind of support are you getting early on?
3: There has been tremendous support, uh, especially right here at home in Colorado, but really from all across the nation, because people know that we need aggressive leaders right now more than ever. There is a battle for the heart and soul of our country, and we need conservative leaders to stand up and fight these battles that need to be won and stop shying away. Going back to this uh, progressive socialist narrative ran by uh, AOC, you, you know we need people who aren't going to um, shy away from that and let them and let them run their course with without some some aggression to get it redirected.
2: Right. There's a there's an interesting there when what you're talking about is 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 fascinating because I've written many many times in commentaries about. What's wrong with the Republican Party? And up until Donald Trump uh, got elected, if you were fortunate enough as a Republican to get elected to the House or the Senate or even President, when you walked into Washington, D.C., before you took your oath of office, you were talked to by a Democrat, helping you understand what the playbook was about how you were supposed to act as congressman and senator. And for the longest time, even in our presidential candidates, in John McCain and, and Mitt Romney, we had people who capitulated to the left, even though the left wasn't in power. And I'm curious if you have any thought about why that happened and how hard it is turn it around to get people especially politicians to stand up and be counted
3: well I can't I don't have an answer to how you get politicians who are in office to change what they're doing Um, but I I think that one of our congressmen here in Colorado Ken Butts is a great example of how you go into Washington DC and you remain principled you go you campaign on a conservative platform, and when you are sent to D.C. by the people, you keep your word and you remain conservative. You know, his book, Drain the Swamp, I mean, there's most of your answers right there. And so I I really believe that a movement like this, what I am doing, is pioneering the way for many to follow, and they're almost receiving permission to run for office no one is no one is eager to grant somebody permission to uh to to run and i believe that this movement is doing exactly that and because we're getting dozens and dozens of emails on a daily basis all across the country from people saying i've always wanted to do something to serve my country and i didn't feel that i could and now seeing you step up and enter this race Now I'm going to run for city council. Now I'm going to run for school board. Now I'm going to run for state senate. You know, and all of these things are are just so empowering. And that's what this movement is all about.
2: So uh, how is your fundraising?
3: We are always going to be needing more fundraising. So make sure your listeners go to laurenforcolorado.com to donate. We uh, we've been receiving donations from, like I said, all over the country and right here at home in Colorado. And it's it's really uh, precious to me because there are so many people donating uh, just what they have. And that just shows me the heart for the American people that they will give uh, whatever it takes to to read to to change what's going on in our country right now we're we're getting these uh, five and ten dollar donations all day long and it, it just speaks volumes because you know they're saying hey I can't do much but I believe in you and that's that's really something
2: sure where is you? give me a sense of where your district is that you're running in.
3: We are most of Colorado. <laughs> we are on the western slope of Colorado, and then we extend uh, to the north and to the south to towards the uh, all the way to the Utah border. We wrap around down in uh, Pueblo. Uh, right now, I am in Rifle, Colorado, and I've been traveling the district. And the responses that we're receiving from uh, people in in each county is just overwhelming. There is such there's such hope that these people um, have and in this next 2020 election and I'm eager to produce that for them.
2: It sounds like but based on what you described you have a very large district in terms of geography but yes. not very densely populated. Correct. What's the major city in your ter- in your district?
3: Uh, I believe that would be Grand Junction Colorado and Pueblo Colorado okay. would be our largest
2: okay. A high concentration of Native Americans in your yes. district. Okay. Yes. And are, are you getting any reaction from them about your candidacy?
3: Possibly. Possibly. I wasn't. I wasn't asking people's uh, race when they were <laughs> just talking to me. It is possible.
2: Okay. Um, what do you see as as a candidate? How long has this person been an incumbent?
3: So this is his fourth term. We we so sent him to DC uh, for eight years eight, now.
2: Eight years. And did he go in as a as the kind of person you wanted, but is now lost all of his principles? He's
3: the the congressman has absolutely ran a conservative Republican campaign um, this entire time, and you know just. For an example, the Farm Work uh, Modernization Act that just passed, uh, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, House Bill uh, 5038, it passed the House and is on its way to uh, the Senate. You know, this foremost an illegal immigration bill uh, that would provide am- amnesty for millions of illegal agriculture workers and their spouses and children. And um, it, it creates a pathway to citizenship uh, for people who came here illegally. And then not only that, there will be $1 billion in taxpayer subsidies that will be given for the housing. Um, and, you know, that, that right there is just not conservative values. How are we ever going to uphold our president's policies and secure the border when we keep giving Democrats what they want? When we keep voting yes on amnesty they have no incentive to ever secure our border.
2: So how do you, how do you feel about Donald Trump?
3: I absolutely support president Donald Trump. I always have. I'm, I wasn't one of those who was waiting and, (laughs) you know, I, I, I've always supported president Trump. He's, he's my guy.
2: What do you think about what he did at the airport when he had the, the, that that leader from Iran killed.
3: You know, I I'm just glad that we have somebody who's going to actually stand up for America and put America first. We had, we had terrorists um, attacking our embassy. You know, they're absolutely threatening. This is, I don't think anybody's going to say that this was a good guy. This guy is responsible for the deaths of Americans and so I'm just I'm just excited to have um, a commander in chief who is actually going to stand up for his role. You know, he could absolutely communicate with Congress, but he is our commander in chief, and that was a military decision.
2: Terrific. Um, what do you? Th- how is how is Mr. Trump as as, as you know it in your territory and in, in the area you're working in? What's Mr. He Trump's is
3: Very well received. Yeah. No, uh, President Trump is very well received here, and you know that's kind of my struggle with um, our, our representative uh, because this is a plus twelve Trump district, and we have a lot of unaffiliated voters here uh, in our district, right around a third. Uh, so we're split pretty evenly, and um, you know that when when we have a president like President Trump who is putting America and doing everything that he can to really make this nation what it the the best that it could be and then we have representation who should be leading the way in conservative values i mean this is western colorado we should be the pinnacle for conservative values but yet we have a representative that is all too comfortable with voting with nancy pelosi and alexandria ocasia cortez
2: so is he uh, has he been a outward supporter of President Trump or a critic?
3: I have I have seen a little bit of support.
2: But not as much as you okay. thought he should. There's a,
3: there's a lot of people, there's a lot of Republicans who are elected right now who I believe could support our president and his policies a lot more. And I think, honestly, this impeachment has got a lot of people, broke them out of their shell, and they are stepping out and supporting our president more than they had in the past.
2: Well, we have an opportunity to have you speak with uh, our foreign correspondent, Mr. IQ al You got it, sir. Uh, thank you. It's a refreshing
1: person who's talking like this, supporting the president considering how many people are against him. I'm writing an article, which will be published later on. They say that uh, Donald Trump is unpredictable. Only unhinged people could say that. He is very predictable. As the lady said, he wanted America first. He said he wants to make America great again. What is unpredictable about this? We spent $2 trillion to make America independent in gas and oil and in the military. What is unpredictable about that one? The only thing unpredictable is the unhinged. Trump derangement syndrome exhibited by all the (laughs) candidates. But it's a fact. It's a fact. I'm an outsider looking in. It makes me sick. You know, I'm not an American citizen. I'm in Europe. I come from the Middle East, originally from Iraq. I'm a refugee, but I know more about Islam than any Imam on the on the planet. That, by the way, that's not a brag; that's a fact. So, what do we have? AOC. Who is AOC? It's a piece of garbage. I'm, I'm not denigrating her because she was a uh, a hostess in a bar. No, no, I'm talking about the way she talks and the way she thinks. And who is Ilhan Omar? A traitor, a Muslim traitor in Congress. And what is the? Uh, She's a Another Muslim a traitor in Congress. Why do I say they're traitors? They, she says she's wearing hijab because she is Sharia-compliant. Well, if she is Sharia-compliant, she can never ever be a loyal citizen among kufar. This is a fact, mm. not theory. This is the Quran. Why do I get upset and impassioned? Because people are so stupid. They don't want to learn. They don't want to listen. They don't want to investigate. As you said, they don't want to stand up. But you're standing up. God bless you.
3: Thank you. That was powerful. Thank you.
0: We have got a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live. Now, uh, Now, Lauren, you were talking to us a little bit about your restaurant with your open and carry waitresses. Uh, this fascinates me. Tell us a little bit about these.
3: Absolutely. So uh, when we opened our restaurant, we were just really trying to provide a way to support some folks in our community. Our oil and gas industry uh, was being very heavily regulated, and we were losing a lot of those workers because of that. And so a lot of people were out of, jo- out of a job, but they did not want to turn to the government for a handout. And so my husband and I took a risk and opened a restaurant in Rifle, Colorado. And when we opened Shooter's Grill, it really was just a Western-themed restaurant as a spinoff of Rifle, Colorado, But real-life experiences is what led us to begin to open carry. There was an altercation behind my restaurant where a man was physically beat to death. There were no weapons. There was not a gun, nothing like that. He was physically beat to death with another man's hands. And that immediately prompted the question, how will I defend my people? And so I began to research Colorado gun laws. And I saw that I could begin to open carry that day. I am a mother of four. I had just opened a brand new restaurant. I had a lot going on. I did not have time to sit through a class and then go and pay my government a fee to prove my innocence and wait for my concealed carry permit to arrive to begin to kill conceal carry and defend my people. So I took action that day. But really with that, I saw how many freedoms were being taken away from the American people. Me, not knowing much about the Constitution at that time, I'm, I'm certainly not a political science major or a, a skilled politician or anything like that. I, I immediately saw this isn't right. We have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if we can't defend any of that, what good is it?
1: May I suggest something to you?
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: And this is not racism, this is practicality. I don't know the demographic in your area, how many white people, how many black people, how many whatever people. Try to reach the blacks and the natives, even if they are a small number.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because they have been indoctrinated to vote for the yeah. Democrats for, what, 70 to 100 years. It doesn't matter. Right. small the numbers are my advice to you is to reach reach up to them because they are the basis of the democrat party and if 30 to 40 percent of them turn to trump the democrat party will never recover maybe for the other 10 20 years
3: Mm -hmm. well i think even yes sir thank you for that so much i i believe in um in our right now we're seeing an uprising even in democrats with all of these red flag laws that are being passed um, in various states, you know, it doesn't really matter what side of the aisle you're on. A lot of, a lot of Americans don't want you to mess with their right to self-preservation and the right to self-defense by taking their firearms away. And so, the, the, these red flag laws are causing a lot of people to become engaged and finally. Stand up, like you were saying, and take action and do something about uh, the direction that their government is going into, uh, going towards. I have spent a lot of time with Republicans and Democrats and um, unaffiliated voters, and everyone just wants those three things: the life, and liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They are tired of the government overreach and regulate over regulations, and. Our elected officials not securing our rights. We, the governed, elected them to secure our rights. And instead, they're doing everything they can to either take it away or compromise to allow someone else to take it away. And Americans are finally standing up and saying no more. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'll be doing is I'll be visiting uh, the great folks in Virginia on January 20th. I'm very excited about that because uh, Virginians are are over it. You know, there, there was some extreme legislation uh, that they attempted to pass with post-term abortions. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things that are going on in that state. And then uh, finally, the people are just they've had enough and they're going to do uh, they're going to show up and let their voices be heard. And let it know that you're not going to take our rights away from us
1: by the way have you been to the border at all have you ever been i to have the not
3: border? i you have know, a I great have... friend who actually no i i've not personally been down there uh i have a great friend who volunteers his time to uh stand guard at unsecure areas of the border
1: over two years ago i spent a few weeks going over the border between America and uh, Mexico. And nothing was uh, protected. Absolutely. Now, for hundreds of miles, nothing was protected. Yeah. So when you're discussing liberty and pursuit of happiness, you can only achieve that if you have borders which are protected. You will never achieve yes, it under any other circumstance.
3: You're absolutely right. And if we continue to let our guard down and vote yes on amnesty bills, then there will never be that incentive to secure our border. And I believe a yes vote to something like amnesty and taxpayers subsidizing $1 billion for housing for those um, amnesty recipients. uh, I believe that is insulting and it absolutely undermines our president's policies.
2: So you said you had four boys, I do, and I have four sons. I suspect that my four sons are a lot older than your four sons. But what do you, what do you, what do you you, you have? Any just boys, no girls? All boys. All boys. So, what do they say about mom running for
3: Congress? We've had a lot of talks. Uh, I I spoke with my husband and my children before I announced to anyone else that um, I had intentions to run for this. I wanted to make sure that our family would uh, be secure and solid and that we could just continue to grow as we have been throughout the years. Um, But yes, they're, they're excited. And honestly, it's because of my children uh, that I am really passionate about this move, about this race. Like I said, I am raising them to be men. I am raising them to be free thinkers and to stand for uh, the rights of themselves and for others. And I believe, that there is a mandate on my life to preserve and secure the nation that I am sending my children out into. And I refuse, after all of the hard work that we have put into this family, into our lives, into developing conservative values, I refuse to send my children into a socialist nation. So I will do whatever it takes to secure our constitutional values and those freedoms for them.
2: How old are your boys?
3: 14, 12, 10, and
2: 7. Are they getting any pushback at school with mom running for office?
3: No. Uh, everyone is actually very welcoming to to this run. They're really excited. They say, hey, I saw your mom on the news. <laughs> so uh, they, they come home and tell me about that kind of stuff all the time. And my 7-year-old, he gets the most excited about it. Uh, the others have kind of been through this when we were on Fox & Friends for – uh, Shooter's Grill, and, and so, excuse me, I wasn't on Fox and Friends then, I was just on uh, on Fox, but anyway, for Shooter's Grill, and they're like, yeah, yeah, mom gets on TV every now and then, and the seven-year-old's like, this is the coolest thing ever.
2: What do you see in running for the, to replace an incumbent? What do you think are your biggest challenges?
3: You know, I thought that there were going to be a lot of challenges. And the, the momentum that we have right now, it's not very challenging because people know that there needs to be a change. We need to do something different right now. Everyone knows that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the same results. We've sent a man there for four terms now, eight years. And it's it's our district has only got more purple, honestly, and, and more heav- heavily regulated. And we have lost our voice on the western slope. Colorado is is really... Governed and regulated from Denver and Boulder, those uh, those two cities right there, they um, counties, they dictate our entire state. And if we were to have a representative on the western slope to join forces with our other conservative Republican congressmen like Kim Buck and Doug Lamborn, I think that we could get a lot accomplished here in Colorado and across our nation. Uh, you know, we kind of get this. Um, feedback of oh well you know these are state issues there's nothing you could do about that I'm sorry I have a voice I can definitely say something to that and I could definitely get behind good people who are fighting the fight that needs to be won they're fighting the good fight for Colorado and for Coloradans and uh you know just just a little bit of um support behind those movements would go a long way rather than just taking your hands off of it and saying oh no that's a State issue. We'll let the state legislatures decide that. Uh, and then, you know, of course, uh, just on a national level, um, for Colorado to uh, to have a majority support our president and his policies, I think we could get so much accomplished.
2: So, um, what do you think that the, the president has more support today than he had in two thousand and sixteen?
3: Because he has done what he said he would do.
2: He delivered. And
3: sometimes that scares people. Uh, actually, I'm seeing that it scares people a lot. When you say you're going to do something, it's kind of exciting. People are like, oh, that's great. You know, yeah, go get them. But then when you start doing exactly what you said you were going to do, people kind of start to clutch their pearls. And they're like, wait a second. What You can't, you can't do that. But then when that person actually starts accomplishing the things that they said they would accomplish, it's like, all right, yeah, this is working. This is a good thing. And that's what we're seeing in our president. Uh, you know, there was a lot of people that say, you, you, okay, cool. You want to be president? And then he got closer and uh, they're like, wait, 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 you can't do this. You're not a politician. And he said, exactly. <laughs> and, and now he's really accomplishing everything that he said he would do. And the only reason he hasn't done more is because the, we, we have a, an opposing uh, team here, the Democrats, who are completely resisting him. And then we have conservative Republicans joining forces with them. Sad.
2: So this is your first run at public office? Yes. How hard was that decision?
3: It, it was one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made, uh, mainly because of all of the people that... I refuse to let down. Everything that I've ever done has been a risk. Um, I, I am a very extreme person, but in every risk that I've ever taken, it, it, would, it would hurt me. Um, you know, there there's risks that I've taken that it might hurt our family a little bit, but we have a plan to get out of it. And with this, it definitely was a hard decision uh, for me to make personally. Uh, I am my biggest critic. I, I, there's people all day long who can criticize what I'm doing, but no one has thought about the dangers and the complications of, of something like this more than me. I do not want to compromise the people of Colorado. I want to do everything that I can to up, uphold them, uh, uphold the values and uplift them and really just put them in a position of greatness. And so with all of that consideration, I'm going for it you know, really, we have already lost so much here in, in Colorado and in our country. And I just I just knew that I had to. This was the time. The time is now for a movement like this. All of our freedoms are threatened and being taken away on a regular basis. And I just knew that it was time for me to stand up for the American people and to try to make things right again. My life is on hold. Um, You know, with even with our petitions that we did last year and recalls uh, all, all of that, I didn't have time for that then, but I made it a priority because I saw the importance in it. And really you could say that I don't have time for this now, but I am putting my life on hold for the people in, in my district, in my state and in my country.
2: Have you thought about what you're going to do if you win?
3: Yes. Jealous. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm going to do exactly what I've been doing. I am going to stay active. I'm going to be engaged with the people. I uh, will be communicating with the people, letting them know exactly what's going on with policies and uh, directions that things are going and what they can do to be engaged in their communities. And um, I will, you know, when, when somebody pipes up with some nonsense like Green New Deal or socialized medicine, I will be there to stand up and shut that idea down. I, we, don't, we don't need that here. Uh, if anything, how about here in Colorado, we, we can um, allow us to purchase health care across state lines. That in, of, in and of itself would be tremendous for Coloradans. We are absolutely gridlocked here with our insurance. And that was something, uh, you know, that our current representative said that he would fix for us. And yet Colorado has one of the highest insurance rates in the entire nation. And now we're, you know, now we're looking at our um, looking towards our governor to implement state run health care. And we don't want that. Let us fix our own problems. Quit over-regulating and allow us to be a free market. Let us have trade across borders. Let us purchase that. Um, So, you know, there's just a lot of things um, that I would do to give voice to issues and make sure that the voters were aware of them.
2: What do you think for you and your family are the risks of you running?
3: The only risk to running is losing, and I'm not afraid to fail, but I will do everything I can to succeed.
2: And in, in following that with another question, <clears throat> you are actively campaigning against the incumbent congressman.
3: Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes, correct.
2: Is it? Is there anybody else besides a Democrat? Any other Republicans? Who are actively campaigning against the incumbent Republican? No. So it's just you. What are you What are you hearing? What are you hearing, if anything, from the party leadership about you running against the incumbent?
3: We have a lot of party leadership that are are secretly excited. Um, a lot of them have uh, some bylaws that are. You know, forcing them to remain neutral, and people are doing a really good job at that. Um, but you know, some of those, you just see that glimmer in their eye, and uh, they they know the time is now. Um, no one wants to lose this this district to a Democrat more than me. Uh, I will do everything that I can to make sure we keep a seat in the House of uh, Representatives. And you know, this is a plus twelve Trump district. Whatever Republican is on the ticket will win the nomination.
2: So when you say, just to help the audience understand, when you say you are a plus 12 district, tell our audience what that means.
3: Uh, That means uh, that President Trump came out big whenever he won here, to put it really simple. Uh, Voters from all sides of the aisle came out to vote for Trump here. He will carry the ticket. You know, uh, Democrats are really pushing for the senate right now and uh trump will come here and he will campaign here again and he will campaign hard for cory gardner to keep our senate seat for colorado uh for for the um u.s senate and you know we have national popular vote on the ticket this year he's going to come out for that He knows that Americans want their electoral college vote. If we don't have that electoral college vote, all of our resources will be promised away to California because that's where our vote's going, California and New York. And we will never have the need for another presidential candidate to campaign here again. They can go down there, promise all of our resources. Colorado will dry up and be a dust bowl.
2: So, um you got what about 10 and a half months before the election.
3: Yes. So we have, uh, our caucus in, uh, on March 7th. And so I definitely need uh, delegates to show up strong for me there. And then in April we will have, uh, assembly. And then there will be uh, I will primary Scott Tipton June 30th at convention. And then of course we have our general election, in November.
2: Right. So, so the decision about who's going to be the candidate on the ballot will be done. Did you say in May or June?
3: June. June thirty. June.
2: And you mentioned at least no, two. I'm... Sorry about that. It's okay. I'm just trying to get a a sense of the. Uh, each state has kind of their own particulars, and I'm trying to get a sense of uh, what's going to happen. So there are. There are two or three hurdles that you have to get through in order to win the nomination in June.
3: Correct. Yes. The uh Yes. So um, the the
2: power the power of the incumbency is pretty high. So what are you what are you doing to make sure that you get a chance to go through all those hurdles to, to get on the ballot?
3: March 7th is very important uh, for this campaign. Uh, that is when we elect our delegates to go to assembly. And uh, that's when I need people to show up. You know, if we if we win this by 71%, uh, then there is no primary. It's me on the ticket. And so I need people to show up strong for me March 7th uh, at their uh, precinct caucus. And they could find their local GOP to find out exactly where that's going to be. Um, at laurenforcolorado.com, I hope to have uh, some, some training one-pagers available for people so they kind of can understand if they've never been to their uh, precinct caucus in the past. And so that really is the first and uh, most important uh, thing that, w- that we need to show up strong for. So um, I, I need supporters March 7th to show up, and uh, I need delegates for this campaign and then, yeah, we—if we, if we don't win by seventy-one percent, there will ultimately be a primary uh, in ju- uh, June thirtieth, and that'll be fun too.
2: So the March date is where you need to get seventy-one percent to automatically get on the ballot. If you don't get seventy-one sure. percent, then both of you will slug it out in the Republican primary.
3: Yes, I, you know—I I think we're kind of we're kind of polite. There might not be too many slugs. We could just mm. let each other's records speak for themselves. <laughs>
2: But you, you've never served in political office before. Is that correct?
3: No, but, no, but I, I believe that this is the time for regular Americans to step up and uh, fulfill these places of leadership. Because the, the leadership that we've been electing, it, it's not working for us in many different areas. And that's what's so powerful about President Trump. He had never <laughs> uh, served in office either. And look at him. He is... I, I believe he is our greatest president ever, and
0: mm-hmm. uh, so
3: I, I, with that, yeah, I, I have never served, but this this is not a career move for me. I'm not doing this to be a career politician and sit in D.C. for the rest of my life. I want to get in, serve my country to the best of my ability, disrupt some of this uh, disrupt the narrative that's taking place and rearrange some things and get some structure back on our solid foundation and then get the heck out of there I, I come back home run my business
2: how how many years do you think you should
3: you should serve well should serve i i don't have that answer but i will serve as long as is needed uh, you know the great thing is I'm, I'm all for term limits you know but the great thing is our founding fathers put them right there in the Constitution for a position like this every two years this position is open and it's up to the people uh, if they want to keep keep the incumbent or vote in somebody else so we we have a built-in term limit that is uh, solely dependent on the people on the voters and I think that is more powerful than anything. Uh, I I can promise that, you know, even if I feel like I have ran my course, you know, if there's someone coming up behind me that I don't feel would would uphold the constitution, I wouldn't let go of that position without a fight.
2: Okay. So um, IQ, anything else you want to ask her? I would like to comment in the sense that
1: I love what she's saying. I love her passion. And I always said, it always starts with the family. If the family stands up and it's got moral, it's got principles, the nation is inconquerable. It's impossible to destroy. And she's doing exactly what I expect people to do if they want to change the the, the narrative. I love what she's saying. I wish I could help her. But I also, I'm asking whether... Part of your platform is you want to deregulate anything. Are you telling your people that some regulations you're going to take change them? Oh,
3: we do have some regulations that are in place that aren't, aren't horrible, but you know, we could get a lot more done in this uh, in our country if, if the regulations wasn't so. Right. I really, you know, you look to the environmental group and they stop nearly everything. We can't even manage our forests because they're so heavily regulated. And so then, you know, a fire breaks out and our forest is gone because we're not allowed to manage that. And so that's the kind of deregulation I'm talking about. You know, we have clean energy with natural gas, with fossil fuels, and it's so heavily regulated that we could hardly afford to drill. And, And if we can afford to drill it, we can't afford to transport it. Or if we can't afford to transport it, we can't get the pipeline approved to put it through. So That's the kind of regulation that I'm referring to.
1: You are literally facing exactly what Trump was facing. This is exactly what Trump was facing. And he dereg- yes. deregulated almost everything. And that's why America is for You are unbelievable. God bless you.
3: Thank you. God bless you.
0: We have got a uh, great guest with us today. She joins us live here in her broadcast. And uh, so... What what made you change? Growing up in a in a democratic household, what made you kind of, I, I I guess change over to the Republican Party?
3: My real life experiences. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't begin with reading books or just watching Fox News all day. Uh, it was real life experiences where I just knew that there was a better way of life than uh, than those failed policies that we had lived under growing up. I I didn't want to rely on the government to feed my children or to house them or for health insurance. And, you know, it, it hasn't always been easy and nothing has ever been handed to us, but we have worked hard to produce everything that we have. And I believe that that is the, the American dream. I don't believe the American dream is to come here and live off of other people's wealth and sit back and and. I mean, I guess be a glutton. I, that's the way I I, I see it. If you're not going to put your hand to something and, you know, just that right there is what caused me to start looking at politics, different government, different life differently, and to develop these conservative values. You know, even I was, I was raised Christian. However, we were Democrat Christians, if you want to call it that. We we believed it was a sin to have money. We believed that it it's harder for a it's, um, excuse me, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than the rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And I said, well, I don't want any money if I can't get to heaven, you know. And I never I never looked into the scripture for myself. I just believed what somebody told me about it, you know. I never looked into and I saw where God said He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants and you know I, i'm just like i serve the creator of the universe and he wants me to live uh just downtrodden and and poor dependent. i don't think so if i'm going to depend on anything it's the blood of jesus and uh and the holy spirit to lead and guide me uh, but i'm not going to depend on the government stealing money from other people to provide for me
0: amen fantastic we have got uh yes IQ jump in there. I know you are not in Congress. But <laughs> supposing you were and the
1: extermination of the terrorists was done and everybody is attacking Donald Trump and you support Donald Trump and supposing I'm asked, I'm your opponent I'm saying to you why do you support Donald Trump? Is your answer. Or what you what do you
3: my reason for supporting President Donald Trump is because I do believe him to be a man of integrity. He has done exactly what he said that he was going to do. And isn't America the story of redemption, the story of restoration? And, you know, I, I, I see so many um Democrats, you know, just giving um giving a pass to the wrongs that people have committed in their in their uh past um And and that's okay for them. But yet, you know, our president, they just really try to tear him apart any chance that they can. Um, But I believe that he's being held accountable now to the American people for what he promised us he would do. And that's where it matters. And he's absolutely sticking to his word and he's fulfilling that. You know, honestly, uh, one of one of my favorite things that Trump said, um, and immediately I heard the media making fun of him. And so I knew that there was something to it. If they were going to choose this and make fun of him at a rally, president Trump mentioned that he was going to build the wall. And he started saying where he was going to build that wall. And then he said, we're going to build the wall in Colorado. And they made fun of him. They said, they don't, he doesn't even know where Colorado is. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. That is a wise man. And he knows exactly where Colorado is. And he knows exactly the state that we are in right now and how we are being overrun by these progressive socialist policies. And, you know, I believe the wall that he's referring to aren't just bricks. They're not just steel, nothing like that. I believe that it's the people of Colorado. We are his living stones and we will rise up and build upon one another and we will build a strong wall a fortress in colorado of living stones that will secure our constitutional rights
1: excellent thank you very good good idea thank
3: you,
0: thank you. well as as we wrap up as we wrap up here with everyone i want to start with uh, dan perkins give us an update on your uh, your nonprofit and everything else you've got going on
2: well last year we st- this was the second year of shoes and socks for homeless veterans and we collected 275 pairs of shoes and about 500 pairs of socks the season this year between christmas and new year's was shorter because we only had three weeks this year to run our campaign and in three weeks time jim we collected 557 pairs of shoes and 1200 pairs of socks in three weeks and the people at the va homeless shelters are just thrilled with the number of people they're going to be able to help and so we owe a lot to the people of southwest florida who stepped up and took care of our veterans
0: fantastic so uh where, where can people donate to the uh, to songs stories and, and everything that you're you're involved in
2: Sure. Songs and Stories, you can go to songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us and donate. There's a donate button. You can see what we're doing all over the country in 130 different facilities. And my website, which has all my current event stuff, is danperkins.guru. And my books are available at amazon.com.
0: Fantastic. IQ, how do we get a hold of you online, my friend, and get your you books too. and everything else?
1: Just do, Google my name, Al-Rashuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I. You'll find all my books and all my articles. I am glad we had an excellent lady. God bless you again.
0: Thank and you. Uh, God bless you. And, and uh, Lauren, how do we get a hold of you and help you with the campaign and everything else?
3: Yes, uh, anyone who's interested in donating or being a part of this grassroots movement can go to laurenforcolorado.com, or if that's too many letters for your thumbs, you can go to keepourguns.com, and that will connect you to the campaign as well. We need all the help that we can get in this race. We, I am going up against an incumbent, and there there is some um, advantages that he has against me. So I need the help of the people to go to laurenforcolorado.com to join.
0: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. God bless y'all.
0: Appreciate it. There they go. IQ, Al Rizzoli, and, of course, Dan Perkins, the great Dan Perkins. And uh, we are going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we have got more on the other side.